Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 554. This would be episode number four in our Tea Party Principles Redo, <laughs> or, or restatement if you prefer. Uh, I want to remind you, this is in part due to somebody asking for me to talk about personal responsibility. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? The Tea Party was something I was involved in back in the day. I'm still involved in a successor organization. And we spent a lot of time talking about personal responsibility as well as fiscal responsibility. And tonight's episode, The Rule of Law. Now, there's a whole bunch of different ways I could choose to approach this. And before we do that, let me remind you, that's right, you knew it was coming. The best way you can help me continue to make a difference, continue to take a stand in McKinney, Texas, is to like, share, and subscribe to this program. Nothing matters if nobody listens. Nothing matters if nobody follows through or does anything. So I'm doing my part. I'm asking you to come along for the ride. If you'll follow me on your podcatcher of choice, if you will subscribe at your podcatcher of choice, Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Podbean, which is where my host is, and several other options are out there, including Amazon Music and I think I I think most of my stuff is still up on YouTube. I did get a notification. They pulled something down, so I must have been a little naughty. That being said, we try and focus on local or state-level things here. So that that's how it helps. And, oh, by the way, I do go visit the social medias. I, I have a page and a group over on Facebook, and I do drop in on Gab and MeWe. So here we go. The story of the day. <laughs> now, oh, oh, one last thing. I do know there's a number of interesting items going on in the news. Most of them are international or national in nature. We're coming up on Christmas. I have a five-part series planned. So forgive me, but if they're still in the news or still relevant after Christmas, I promise you, I'll touch base on them between Christmas and New Year's. This show and the two that, or well, I guess I've got one more. This is part four. Is all part of a series. I want to get them all out the week before Christmas and give you guys something to enjoy. I know a lot of podcasts take the two weeks off, and I, I've been known to take a week off here or there, but I'm home. I'm going to get this done for you. I want you to have a good time with your family and your friends. And for those of us that are working, this give you something to listen to on the way back and forth to work. All right, here we go. The rule of law. All right, so it sounds simple enough, right? Lex Rex. Law is king. That's probably an incorrect version of the Latin statement, but I need you to understand. Different people interpret the phrase rule of law differently. You can choose to look at it from the concept that if you have rule of law, then everybody is treated equally on a legal basis. 
If you have rule of law, there's not multiple tiers of justice. If you have rule of law, you don't have abuse of the system, forcing people to plead out because they don't have the time and money and effort to defend themselves. If you have a rule of law, you actually have laws that people follow and, I don't know, respect. If you have rule of law, you don't have courts routinely rewriting the law or reinterpreting the law, whether it was in 17, uh, what was it, 93 or 1836 or 1865 or 1913. It doesn't matter when it happens, when the courts start dreaming stuff up to justify the latest actions. If it's in violation, they ought not be doing it. But that's not the world we live in. Now, we would like to implement the idea through rule of law that there are no kings, right? And that equal justice, which in theory, justice should be equal. It should be a a duplicative statement, right? But it's not. It should be justice is restating the obvious. We actually have justice. But I can tell you, that's not been my observation. I've been paying attention for well over 40 years. And I know what some people are going to say, ah, Callus, you were 12. Yes. And there were very few 10-year-olds that paid attention to things. I know. But I want you to say to yourself, well, you must have made up for it. And you would be correct. I have. I'm not a lawyer, nor do I play one on TV, nor do I pretend to be one playing one on TV, but I will tell you that it is a enjoyable thing to learn and see how the things work in a constitutional system. When the constitution is supposed to be the highest law of the land and every law done underneath it should comply with the restraints in the constitution, likewise, any law made that isn't an inherent to the Constitution or relevant to the Constitution or provided for by the Constitution ought not exist at all. Now, this used to be a popular mentality. This used to be a a thought that was quite common amongst our leaders. You can can create a uh, law, you can make a ruling or an opinion in the court, but if it's not constitutionally based, good luck. Now, I will tell you that it is my belief that most of the time, Congress just doesn't care. If they have the votes, they'll pass the law and they'll face the consequences, which there are none. If it ever gets to a court and the court says, well, you know what? You really can't do that. It's unconstitutional. Now, I will tell you the other part of that puzzle is we on the right, we as the quote unquote conservatives, the the Christians, the constitutionalists, however you want to qualify yourself, We're not good about fighting the good fight. We're not good about showing up the next day after we've gotten beaten. Oh, the leftist progressives, they're outstanding at that. They have lawyers on retainer all the time. And quite frankly, I'm getting tired of it. They have bastardized our system. Yeah, I said the word. They they have done that. They've utilized the system to beat us at our own game. Now, what does this mean? This this is kind of a question that's going on right now because everything's Christian nationalism, right? They're throwing up the panic of a theonomy or theocratic government. I don't think there's a whole lot of people advocating that. 
I, I don't think that's a concern because, quite frankly, that would not work with the Constitution. And we're all good with the Constitution if the Constitution would be followed. And if you want to go back to, I don't know, George Washington that violated the Constitution. Now, granted, what he did was far less egregious than what Abraham Lincoln did. Or, if you prefer... Uh, Shoot, uh, Wilson, sorry, Wilson, or I don't know, Franklin Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, the, the Roosevelt cousins. Yeah, they did a number on us. Woodrow Wilson, somewhere in between there, no better. And then we get the Johnson, Nixon. Now, strangely enough, Carter really didn't do a lot of stuff, but of course he was only in for a term and then. Reagan allowed things to stand that he should have never allowed to stand. Of course, everybody wants to saint him on my side of the aisle. Guy wasn't perfect. I mean, if you really look at what he allowed or took part in out in California, some would say he did us no favors long term. That being said, from there we transition. So every president since Reagan has been awful. And you could include Reagan in that. And why do I say that? Because they no longer felt like the Constitution was there and needed to be followed. Or they would do certain things to placate it, or they would pretend, or they would pose as if they were paying attention or cared about what the Constitution said. But if the Constitution is not the supreme law of the land, and it isn't um, followed or enforced, what's the point of it? There can be no rule of law if there is not a highest law. We took away the idea of having kings in 1776, and honestly, they tried to shove them back in when we got Washington, but Washington's like, no, we don't need this. Our people can rule themselves. Our people are capable of governing themselves. We need to allow them to work forward and move on and do the things that need to be done, and we will become a successful nation. Now, that's me extrapolating his actions. That's me inferring my present-day attitude upon what he did, but it would have been very easy for him to install a military dictatorship, for him to stay president for life. There was a lot of these temptations and things present, and he did none of those. Now, if you doubt me, you should go check out Brian McClanahan. He spent a lot of time on this. In fact, I think he has a whole course about Washington. You know, and he was followed by Adams, then Jefferson, and then Madison, and Monroe, These are all guys that were focused on how do we create rule of law? How do we build rule of law? How do we follow the Constitution that we built to restrict it? They were more or less, not always, but more or less interested in preserving federalism and that function of government to protect the individual states, the sovereign states, the we, the people. Because they respected the law. They respected the Constitution. Now, most of those men were actually there present when this is taking place, or at least were instrumental in the creation thereof. But it doesn't mean they were perfect. It doesn't mean they they didn't have failures. That's understood. You, You can't judge somebody from 250 years ago by our own morality now. I mean, our morality's changed dramatically in just the last 10 years. I mean... Our morality is so whacked out now, we can't even tell what a woman is. Yet, one person that couldn't tell what a woman is 
was saw fit to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States and make decisions or opinions based upon what the Constitution says, and she can't tell what a woman or a man is. Now, granted, she really does know that. We're not that stupid. It's just she was afraid to take that political pill. So just like the other eight people that serve on that court, I have very little faith in what's going to actually come out of SCOTUS. Let's bring it back. We look at the Texas Supreme Court and the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, both of which are almost entirely, allegedly, conservative Republicans. Yet, they found a provision to strip out the overriding authority of the Attorney General to protect our elections process. They found all sorts of other things to prevent us from protecting our board or protecting people. And I wonder why that is. Now, something you need to also keep in mind here is there is a balancing act here, right? If you have elected judges, you have political judges. If you have appointed judges, you have political judges. If you have some combination thereof, they're still political judges. Everything we do in law is political. There's political fallout. There's political consequences. There is no way to completely separate what happens in a courtroom from law, from lawyers, from politicians, from political fallout. It doesn't happen. It's impossible. You can try and isolate it or insulate it, which has been done, not successfully. And that's how we get where we're at today. One of the things that I always find interesting now, again, both Chris Ann Hall and Brian McClanahan and Tom Woods have all talked about this at length over the course of their shows. But when you always run to the federal government, when you always seek for a solution through the federal government, you're setting yourself up for failure. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but they all feel the same way. The feds have limited control, limited influence because they should be and are bound by the federal constitution. The the underlying issue is, what do you do when you have a tyrannical state? What do you do when your state itself doesn't obey the law? Your state itself has a governor that thinks they're a king. Your state is the source of tyranny. Well, then you really have no other choice. You must go to the feds. But that's a dual-edged sword. By taking away power or punishing somebody at the state level, you're by default granting more power to the feds. You're making the oligarchy in D.C. that much stronger. Now, I've joked once before, and I want to state clearly one more time, I'm not looking for regicide. I'm not looking to return to we get rid of kings by hanging them from lampposts like we do tyrants. I'm not looking for that. But it would be nice if those folks would actually have that in the back of their mind every once in a while that, hey, if I keep making my people's life difficult, they're eventually going to have enough of me. The The concept of being president for life does mean for life, right? There's There's no statement on how long that life is going to be. Again, I'm not making any threats, and I want to be very clear. I don't think anybody should do anything stupid or foolish or illegal. 
But it would be nice if the people that are in the positions of power, the people that are abusing that power, the people that ignore the rules, that ignore the Constitution, would actually have a little bit of fear in the back of their head that if they cross the line too much or too many times, that that might in fact be their consequence. It would be nice. But we've done a really good job of neutering ourselves. We've done a really good job of pacifying ourselves that there really is no fear from the political class that we, the people, are going to do anything about it. We mistakenly believe if we take it to court and we get a ruling or an opinion more accurately, and whether win, lose, or draw, we accept it and move on, the left never does. They never accept a loss. So I'm encouraging you, don't accept the loss. That's fine, Supreme Court. That's fine, Court of Appeals, but we're going to do it anyway. Come and make me. What do you think would have happened if some court in Mexico would have said, well, that's fine, Texas, but you're not allowed to leave? Or better yet, what would have happened if the Supreme Court of the United States would have said, well, you know what, South Carolina, you're not allowed to secede or part from the country. Do you really think that would have stopped anybody? Well, one, I don't think the court would have actually made that opinion known they wouldn't have weighed in it one it would show their futility and two i don't think they actually believed it at that time now they kind of had it shoved down their throat later on but that was a matter of self-serving survival and of course every time a tyrant says you can't leave or you can't do what you want or you're not free to make your own decisions because i'm the king of course they go and put you down so again We're looking at the same problem. How do we deal with this? If one side won't respect the rule of law, what do you do? Now, Chris Ann Hall would say you would go on and peacefully not comply. That's true. It works. It does. You have to make sure that your opponent doesn't resort to just wiping you out like the Chinese communists or the Russian communists or the Cambodian communists or the Nazis. You got to make sure they're not that kind of people. But if they're normal, rational people and you say, yeah, that's fine, but I'm I'm just not going to do that. They may wake up. Not when the first does it, not when the second person does it. But when, I don't know, 5%, 3% of the population says, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. And they realize they don't have the resources nor the power to make anybody do something like that. They may decide, you know what, there's just no return in this. We probably ought to stay within our own boundaries. We probably ought to obey our own laws, our own rules, our own constitution. So what does that leave us? That's the only way to fix it, right? I mean, we can spend a bunch of money getting really good lawyers and go fighting the good fight. When the deck's stacked against us, when we when we know that we're not going to get favorable rulings in at least, what, four court of appeals? But we got to keep showing up. We got to keep fighting. We got to not accept the loss, not move on. That was part of the problem, in my opinion, with so many rulings in the past. They thought they were rulings. They're, in fact, opinions. The entire media operation calls anything that comes out of SCOTUS a ruling and it's an opinion. It's not binding on anybody except this people in that specific case when they issued an opinion. But 
most attorney generals, most governors just bow the knee. They're looking for a cop out. We don't we don't want to fight the good fight. We we don't believe we're right. The the law got changed by nine people in robes or less than. And we have no will to fight. We're not going to protect our people. We're not interested in doing the best thing. The rule of law doesn't matter to us. We're just going to make nice. Except the scraps. Does that sound like these United States are actually functioning as sovereign and independent states? Not to me, it doesn't. You know, that is a reoccurring theme here is... When I was active in the Tea Party back in the day, a lot of those guys really legitimately thought that we could fix D.C. And I got to be honest, I had a glimmer of hope. I thought maybe, just maybe, if we could get a half a dozen or a dozen really good, solid people elected to Congress, they can make a huge difference and they could fight the good fight. Well, it did happen this last year. We did have eight guys or ladies, whatever, that were there and they fought the good fight, and they won, or so we thought, and nothing really significantly changed. And we allowed our people to go down without a fight. I don't remember if it was Washington or Oregon. It really doesn't matter. But they were barred for running for re-election because they had the audacity to break quorum and leave. And then back here in Texas, it's not happened once, but twice, the Democrats flee they go somewhere else so the Republicans can't get stuff done. So the conservatives don't get their policies fulfilled. And we do nothing. In fact, we reward them. We make them campaign promises for them. Oh, well, we'll do that with you. Sure. Then we make them. Now, here's this is the thing that's kind of weird. And yes, it's kind of related to the idea of rule of law. If you've got rules on how things should be done and majority matters and you have to respect the minority, that's why we have a constitutional republic, because no matter how much the majority is, they have to respect the smallest minority. They can't trample their rights. They have to respect them, which is why the option of breaking quorum even exists in the first place. So, no, you don't like it. No, it's abusive sometimes, but it is appropriate in the short term. Hey, we want to slow this down. Hey, you guys are going too fast here. The problem is our side would do that in another state and they get run out and there's an actual legitimate punishment, which maybe fits the crime, maybe doesn't. The Our opposition in our own state does it not once, but twice, and we don't do a darn thing about it. And as I, as I, as I have surveyed the land, if you will, Right. Well, I really only want to care about what goes on in Texas. But when I look and happens what in these other states, I mean, they burned down a police station in Portland. They burned it out. Maybe not burn it down. They took over the Capitol building in the state of Wisconsin. They did multiple other things. And none of those people had any serious consequences. But we had a couple of people that got a, maybe a little unruly and had an unguided tour in the Capitol building. And now here, two, three years later, we're still hunting them down like crazed fugitives that they are not. Trying to save the country from these domestic, you know what I'm going to say, when they're clearly not, yet the border's wide open on both sides. 
and we're just inviting the entire world in and we're not bothering to keep track of anybody. And you got to ask yourself, how is that justice? How is there any rule of law? How is it that you as a state governor can tolerate that and do nothing? I mean, even in Arizona, which has got all of its own problems, they're had enough. Even the Democrat city mayors of Chicago and New York have had enough. And they have a fraction of what we've been dealing with in the state of Texas. Now, I've always said, my heart goes out to the legitimate people that come here. What do I mean by that? Hey, if you're from Central America or Mexico or whatever, and your life kind of stinks, and you're willing to invest the time and effort to come here to get a job, to take care of your family, and you're here for, I don't know, six to nine months a year to make money to provide for your family, and we got people here that are going to hire you, yeah, that's a really low priority. I don't want to go out of my way. Yeah, you broke the law. There are ways to work that out. There are different things that can be done to make it right with the law, short of putting you in prison or deporting you, yes, but that's not what the majority we've been dealing with for at least the last three years is. No, that's people coming here looking to live off the system, don't blame them, I really don't, or to infiltrate our country, or to infiltrate and work against us, or quite frankly, they're sleepers, and we do nothing. Now, one wonders why they tolerate this. I mean, clearly the FBI and the CIA and the ATF and all these other alphabet soup agencies are not stupid. They they do form a function. They, they did get that job for a reason. Now, the fact that they don't do it is disconcerting. The fact that they, you know, enforce it as whim is very disconcerting. But the fact that there's a legitimate problem that everybody can see and they don't do a darn thing about it ought to be very, very concerning. The fact that the border patrol would take time out to break barriers down and get them out of the way to allow invaders to come in makes no sense to me. Yeah, I know. We don't want to let them sit in the desert and die. I get it. But why are they there? Oh, that's right. Because some moron in D.C. invited them over here for reasons that don't make any sense to me. You know, never mind what the law says. Never mind what the states think. No, no. The king's going to just do what he wants. And honestly, at this point, I don't even know who the king is. We know who the resident is. Resident Biden. Oh, what law? I mean, his entire family is scoff laws at this point, it looks like. His his brother, his son, his daughter. I mean, his illegitimate granddaughters. Who knows? I can't even keep track of that drama. And you know what? I don't care. If we could just shut the border down all the way around and keep all those people out, it'd be so much the better. Now, granted, I realize a lot of you people that listen to me are pro-Texit, but we got to also realize that is something in the distance. That is a long-term goal that we're looking forward to. But we have to start with something now. We have to say no now. We have to make a change now. We have to say, you know what? That's great that you've issued opinion or that's great that he's got an executive order, but none of that matters in the state of Texas. We don't recognize that authority. We don't see where the Constitution granted you that authority. We don't see where the state of Texas ceded that sovereignty to you, and we're going to maintain the rule of law here in Texas. That's what we're going to do, and you can go pound sand. 
How funny we should end up there, isn't it? Because that's exactly where we're going to dovetail into on the last episode of this series. We're going to be talking about national and state sovereignty. It's a little a little change on what the party principles were, right? But they're directly related. And honestly, if you didn't see that coming, I don't know what to tell you. Everything hinges on whether or not you're going to fight with for what you have. Everything hinges on whether or not what you have is worth fighting for. That means you have to recognize the rule of law. It's like playing a game and one person playing the game chooses not to follow the rules at all. Guess what? They almost always win because they're cheating. And when people don't play by the rules that everybody agreed to, in theory, then they're cheating as well and they should be called out on it. And no, I'm not looking for the old West version of justice here. I'm just looking at, no, you're not allowed to do that here. We're not going to tolerate it. Oh, you, you think that, no, no, we're going to just send you back to Illinois. Yeah. You can go on back to New Jersey. We don't have any toleration for that. Oh, okay. Maryland. Yeah. No problem. We're going to send you back to Maryland. We don't do that here in the state of Texas. We respect our people. We respect our law and we want to be able to respect our government. And with that, this has been According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.